Are you thinking about going out this weekend? Are you thinking about messing around and finding out? Well, when you do mess around and find out, you may end up in jail, whether it be Hines County, Rankin County, Madison County, or any of the little towns in between. And if you do, hey, look, I have a long and glorious history of messing around and finding out. And I wish I'd had a bail bondsman like Liberty Bell Bonds. If you end up in jail this weekend, get out of jail by calling 601-825-1077. That's Liberty Bell Bonds serving Jackson and all surrounding areas. So if you mess around and you find out, call Liberty Bell Bonds and they'll bond you out. 601-825-1077. All right, good morning, Jackson, Mississippi, and all surrounding areas. You've tuned in to the Free Range Human Show of Choice, your daily dose of reality radio. We are back live here on 103.9 FM WYAB. This is the Clay Edwards Show. I am, of course, Clay Edwards. I hope everybody enjoyed their Labor Day weekend. I, for one, am glad it's over and we can get back to the business of stuff. It's like everything just comes to a halt for a few days. I did not need things to come to a halt. I have momentum. I like it when it keeps rolling. It's like, ah, days off. I'm kidding, man. I enjoy a good day off. Enjoyed college football kickoff weekend. Um, Really, I probably watched more football this past weekend than I did all of last year. I don't think I'm exaggerating when I tell you all that. I uh, I'd really unplugged 2020 <clears throat> and and beyond 2021 2022. I I did watch the the better part of the COVID year. Mike Leach's first year at state. Granted, there were hardly any people in the stands, but I did watch that because we fought so hard to try to get it to happen that I wasn't going to take a victory lap and not watch it. So, <clears throat> and when I say we, make sure I, I wasn't a part of that, but I was part of the people online raising hell on the radio, raising hell. You know, got to play college football, got to play college football. I was doing the same thing about high school sports. Again, don't forget, Tate Reeves, he's the, he, himself or the people in charge anyway, decided that only two parents could go see their kids play high school football in a big outdoor stadium. Grandma couldn't go see little Timmy play his last game. But uh, but Tate could go, to the, could go to a Trump event at the White House and sit out in the yard with no mask on i digress i I, honestly god i wasn't trying to go down that 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 road today but neither here nor there football's back congratulations mississippi state congratulations to ole miss and gosh i hate it for southern fans i do not know if y'all want i assume southern beat alcorn we're gonna give them the benefit of the doubt i assume southern beat alcorn uh jack state Uh, uh, what happened that stings i know look i'm a mississippi state fan we've lost games we ain't supposed to lose too so, it happens. JSU will bounce back. Or was it all Dion? Speaking of Dion, we're going to get to him. Had a huge win. But it was what he said after that win that's got, a, that's got some sand in my crawl. So, we're going to get to Dion. But first, look, there most likely would not be a Clay Edwards show if it wasn't for a fella who agreed to sit down with me and give me an interview August 30th, 2020. That man was Doug Shanks. Coach Shanks is what most people called him. He was a former city commissioner in Jackson. And for y'all that don't know, there was a Jackson used to have a different form of government. It was a commissioner and mayor 
and both they were kind of the, kind of equal. <clears throat> Doug was commissioner. I think Dale Danks was mayor. I, I had to, you know, I can't remember. They ended up running against each other for a legendary race, Shanks first Danks. But <clears throat> back in the early eighties, eighty one or so, eighty two. Anyway, Doug was uh, legendary with that. And he, um, and I'm gonna read some stuff from Fred. But Doug gave me an interview. I went out to his house and sat down. Fred was there. It's when I first started really hanging out with him. We grew up together, but you know, you go twenty plus years without seeing somebody. It's, it's hard to sit there and say we were best friends for twenty years. Do consider him my best friends. Some of my best friends now. Him, his brother Sims, the whole family. They really opened up their family to me. I spent Christmas with them this last year. <clears throat> so sat down, and one of the things I took away from that interview. And it's a, I posted it on my Facebook page. I still got it. The lighting ain't worth a crap. But it's up there. And man, Fred, uh, Doug's told so many, so many great stories. It was really phenomenal. But uh, we, he passed away yesterday after a battle with lymphoma. I'm sure the funeral announcements and all will be here soon. <clears throat> I want to, I'm going to read up read a quote or a post from Fred about Doug real quick. So y'all bear with me. I'm a, I'm going to try not to cry while I do this, but this may be a morning where you hear a, uh, you hear a grown man get choked up on the radio because, uh, Mr. Doug treated me like family, you know, and Fred and them are like Fred and Sims and their family are like my family. So here we go. Work with me through this. This is from Fred Shanks because I wanted to let everyone know that Coach Shank passed away peacefully this morning. We found out a month ago he had lymphoma and passed away due to complications of chemo toxicity. Our family and I cannot express how much we love, how much love we feel all, from all of the calls and texts. If you knew Coach, the word character comes to mind, and that would be an understatement. He lived a full life and was a bit of a Forrest Gump. It's so true. The first part of his adult life was as a politician, and I would say operated like a pirate. He started out in the early 70s as the spokesman for the city of Jackson, and shortly thereafter ran for, ran for the job of city commissioner, which he won and became the first Republican member of the commission. As a commissioner, he was over the police department, the fire department, and sanitation. He brought many African Americans on to work in different city departments, which was unheard of during that era. The city was run so well even, and I've heard this story, that the LAPD, that's right, the big old LLP, LAPD would come to train with the JPD. And one of the things that uh, I believe he told me about that they trained on was how to lock a city down when you've got a, a criminal on the loose, you know, basically how to smoke them out. Very interesting stuff. All right, continuing. He was instrumental in helping form what would become the Republican Party in Mississippi. He got involved with Charles Reed and Gil Carmichael and became Gerald Ford's campaign manager in Mississippi. At the time, the Mississippi delegation voted in a unit block. But that all changed in Mississippi. I'm sorry. That all changed in 1976. During the 76th Republican National Convention in Kansas City, the state delegates split the vote right before the vote was due. Mississippi delegation got into a fist fight on the convention floor, and a young Haley Barber stepped in to break it up. The nomination the nomination for president came down to the Mississippi delegation and Ford had the votes. This story was covered pretty well in the 
in the book Mississippi Politics by Nash and Taggart, which I actually got uh, Mr. Doug's book or Fred's copy of it in my house. I read this very chapter. Uh, it was covered in the book Mississippi Politics by Nash and Taggart. Good read if you're a politico. Uh, later, Coach would make a run for mayor of Jackson as a Republican, but lost out to Dell Danks. Fifty years later, I got into politics, and I got, and not a day goes by that when I introduce myself to someone and they hear my name, they pause and say, "Are you related to Doug?" He really left his mark. And uh, kind of in closing here, his real passion was baseball, and he lived and breathed it till the end. He started out coaching in Babe Ruth, Connie Mack, and American Legion ball. He brought the Jackson Mets to Jackson while he was commissioner and named the stadium after two of his deceased friends, Smith and Wills. He started the Jackson 96ers baseball team and became a leader of young men. He sent countless men to, col- on co- to college on scholarship through his nationwide contacts in the coaching community. Later, he became the head baseball coach at Mississippi Valley State University, becoming the first white coach of the Big Three in the SWAC. The baseball field had been condemned by the city when he got there. And by the time he left, they had built a real new stadium. Or had built a real stadium. He never hung up his cleats. He continued coaching high school ball and most recently was helping coach Hartfield Academy. In his desk, we found a... This is a tough part. In his desk, they found a list of pallbearers that was handwritten like a baseball lineup. <clears throat> says, uh, he will be missed. He loved you all, even the ones that went to Ole Miss. <laughs> I want you to do something right now. I want you to pull out a piece of paper. And you know the very first show I ever did, the very first Clay Edwards show on this station right here, and what we actually call the Clay Edwards show, stuff I did on the internet was referred to as the Save Jackson podcast. And the very first Clay Edwards show I ever did. It was, uh, how many pallbearers are there? Six, 12, I can't even remember. It's a six, right? Better be judged by 12 and carried by six. Yeah, six. Write down six people's names that you know for a shadow of a doubt that if something happened to you today, that the, the loved ones in your life could call them and you know that they would be there to be your pallbearer. Are you close enough with six people that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, they'll say yes if your parents or loved ones or wife or husband call and ask them to be your call and ask you to be their pallbearer. Not as easy as you may think. Not as easy as you may think. I'm gonna do it here, here during the break and try not to offend anybody whose name I leave off the list because of course those will always be the ones that will really show up. On it. Anyway, rest in peace to Mister Shanks. Uh, he left a hell of a legacy behind. One of the reasons me and Fred first got back together was because they, had, him and uh, Vincent had wrote that book, the long, A Long Way Home, The History of South Jackson. I know y'all have heard me talk about that book a lot on the show. I think it's great. If you grew up in South Jackson at any time pr- prior to 90, you know, the 90s, or you know, th- by the end of the 90s, if you grew up in South Jackson in the 70s, 80s, 90s, you need to check out the book. It's phenomenal. Just the history of South Jackson. Learned so much about the place I grew up in. I learned more about the place I grew up in in that book than anything I learned in school. Phenomenal. Continued education is a hell of a thing. But one of the reasons that we did that video is because Fred just said, he said, hey, man, coach is getting older. 
would love to he's got all these great stories would love to get him on video you know just to have it or audio whatever <clears throat> and we did several more interviews over the years here at the radio station him and a uh, vincent venturini came in once i think maybe do one more and the last time i saw coach he was like clay it's time to change the intro to the show <laughs> he said it's getting old he listened every day and um I, that, so it's been on my mind a lot lately about changing up the intro to the show it is a bit long-winded and I'd like to short it down to about 30 seconds, honestly. And uh, I tell you, the last time we went and did something was, uh, I don't even know if I'm supposed to talk about this. It's, it's like Fight Club. Um, you um, The thing about Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. But there's a certain fellow that hosts a Christmas party around town every year. And uh, he invites a bunch of uh, media and Politico folks. And you know, I've had the honor of getting to go the last two years and this year i went with fred and fred brought his dad and uh he had a he had a heck of a time i just remember we were sitting out in the parking lot kind of at the car waiting on fred to get back out to the car he was buying a pair of shoes <laughs> don't ask and um man we just had a great conversation so I, I i cherish those memories the stories the stories about the kgb agent kgb agents running around jackson from from fbi agents and uh, him taking them fishing out at the reservoir to bringing the Mets to Jackson. Just so many great stories. Uh, we've got a lot of them on tape. I hope you guys will go check that out. It's on my YouTube channel, Clay Edwards. Just go search Doug Shanks. Or it's on my Facebook page. Just go, you'll see it. And uh, one, of the things I wanted, one of the things I really took from that conversation before we go to the break here and we shift gears is, and I've given him credit for this multiple times, I would not live in Brandon if it wasn't for the recommendation of Doug Shanks. Now, Doug was a Jacksonian through and through, a South Jacksonian through and through. Lived forever in Alterwoods subdivision. One of the questions I asked Doug at the time, because I was still living in South Jackson, you know, just a, like, a, like a domestic violence victim. I mean, that, was, that was my relationship with Jackson. It would do a little good, and I'm like, oh, I, I can forget the bad, you know. An abusive relationship I was in with the city of Jackson. But I asked him, I said, what, what area in the state, man, just most reminds you of 80s, 90s South Jackson? As far as like the community feeling and people knowing each other's names and neighborhood uh, camaraderie, uh, community pride, all that. And he goes, this is right here. We were at his house in downtown, in downtown Brandon. He's at right here. 39042 Brandon, Mississippi. And... I moved after that. It was shortly after, about, about a year. Well, that was in August 30th. So by, by March, I had moved. So within about six months, I moved to down well to Crossgates. And now I'm a block away from him in downtown Brandon. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's the best place I've ever lived. Absolutely. All right. If you got any thoughts on Coach, you got any memories you want to share, I'd love to hear them this morning. Phone line, 601-879-0002. The Guns and Gear text line, 769-241-1944. Come back. I want to get into primetime. Deion Sanders had a huge win and then turned right around and had to make it about his blackness. This is the Clay Edwards Show. We'll be right back on 103.9 FM WYAB. All right, welcome back in to the Clay Edwards Show. This segment is going to be brought to you by our friends over at 
How about Mercy House Teen Challenge Auto Center right down there in Crystal Springs, Mississippi? That's right. Get on down there. You're looking for a good vehicle in the ten to $20,000 cash range. They got you covered. They got you covered. You know, what's really cool, too, is the, the proceeds after they pay their employees and all that good stuff goes to funding Mercy House Teen Challenge, which helps bait, beat addiction and put fathers back in homes. So you can sell a car, buy a car, and, and do a good deed all in one fell swoop. And, hey, have you got an old vehicle sitting around you need to get rid of? Been trying to sell it, won't sell, running, not running. If you got a clean title, donate it to them. Get the tax write-off. That could end up being worth more than what you sell it for at the end of the day. Uh, I'm sitting here looking on their Facebook page at some of the stuff they have available. Now, this was posted on August 29th. It may or may not still be available, but they've got a nice-looking truck here. Man, I, you know, man, I'm a sucker for Toyotas, man. they got a 2015 Toyota Tacoma, 127,000 miles. Um, it doesn't have the price listed here on social media, but check it out, mercyhouseautocenter.com. Look here, man. they got a 2015 King Ranch F-150, only 100,000 miles. That ain't going to last long. That ain't going to last long. So get down there, check them out. Drive a little, save a lot. Mercy House Teen Challenge Auto Center right there in Crystal Springs. The website, mercyhouseautocenter.com. mercyhouseautocenter.com. All right, so as I was sitting around watching primetime, a great game. Man, that's the first Saturday in a long time y'all ain't had to work. We'll get to that too. That's the first Saturday in a long time I didn't have to work. So I sat back. My girlfriend went out of town up to her folks. Up to her folks. I was like, I'm just going to veg out on football today. And just let's take it back, rewind things a few years. Like I'm a single man again. Just sit on the couch, watch football all day. And not have to answer nobody. The Colorado TCU game was first up. Man, made me just watching that game made me fall back in love with college football again. I was like, this is great. I Both defenses were terrible. I could have scored on them. <laughs> I'm kidding. They were bad, though. And I run to the – I, I go to make a B-double-E-double-R-U-N. I'm like, I'm going to go get some beer. It's, it's after lunchtime now on a Saturday. All's fair. So I go to the store, and, of course, the game ends. When I'm in the store, I see the, the final score. And Dion and them pulled it off. They had won. What was it, 47 to 44, something along those lines. High-scoring game. I mean, Dion, he's got – he's got – Potentially three Heisman Trophy candidates on that team. We're going to see how the year shakes out. Uh, I think number one, of course, is Travis Hunter, who for the first time, I think in 20 years, we watched a player play a substantial amount on both sides of the ball. Amazing to watch. That was so fun. That was the big recruit that came to Jackson. That was that number one overall recruit. Dion's first big recruit that came to Jackson. He He barely played at JSU, I think, because of injuries and whatnot. But that was, that's what got JSU all them headlines. That number one recruit, that was Travis Hunter. Big grab, man. We're seeing just how big of a grab that was for Dion. Yeah, there's another uh, running back or a wide receiver, last name Edwards. Well, obviously, he's he reeks of greatness. He's got the right last name. And then, of course, his son, Schroeder Sanders. 
think he threw for over 500 yards, five touchdowns, something crazy. Had a amazing game. And um, I just can't say enough good things. I love and watching an underdog win. I love it. Dion was also the first new head coach of a program that was a 20-point underdog or more to win their first game that wasn't an interim coach first. So pretty cool stuff there. And then in the press conference, in the press conference, Dion says this. And just peed all in my Cheerios. I mean, I'm all like, I'm, I'm ready to order some Colorado Buffalo gear. I'm like, this is great. And then Dion says this. When you see a confident black man sitting up in here, talking his talk and walking his walk, that's kind of threatening, isn't it? And dang it, Dion. I mean, I was just all in boots on ground. Go Buffs. Hashtag. Go Buffs. Hashtag prime time. And you had to go make it about your blackness. Can't I just think it's you did a great job? I, I, I was so fired up. I'm, I made a TikTok about this, y'all. I only make TikToks when I'm mad. When I'm mad, mad. Like, I, I want to pull for you. How about just get up there and talk about overcoming adversity, proving the doubters wrong, dancing on the haters' graves. Nan and a boo-boo. But no, I had to go. It's uncomfortable seeing a confident black man. No, it's not. And, you know, furthermore, I love to play a game called Is This Racist? Now, if I sat up here on this radio show and said, mm-hmm, y'all can't stand to see a confident white man. Makes y'all uncomfortable, don't it? That, that would be racist. I'm just going to tell you, that, that, would, that, that would be racist. I wouldn't say that either, by the way. I mean, for some reason, man, we just keep giving folks pass. Anytime the word black is thrown in there instead of white, it's, it's, it's power to the people. But you're alienating a big group of folks, my friend. You're alienating a big group of folks. It was actually a bit of an eye-opener for me. Because I know I can have the tendency to alienate a lot of folks, too. So it was a nice little eye-opener for me. I'm going I'm to learn a lesson from, from what I heard from Dion Saturday. I still pull for him. I want him to do well. It was fun to watch. Fun to watch. Fun to watch these. But it's hard to call TCU a traditional school, but they did just play for a national title here recently. I mean, they're, they've been good for a long time. But they're, you know, in Texas, they're, they're also ran, though, because it ain't, they, ain't, they ain't Texas A&M and they ain't Texas. But uh, they've done, they've held their own. They've had more success than either one of them have had in the last 20 years. Let's see here. Let me read some more of the Guns and Gear text. Unknown Texture says, Have you seen Dion's post-game interview making it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess I should have read their text sooner. Yep. You're welcome. Jerry says, Be nice to Dion. He's a pioneer. First black kid coaching football to ever win a game, ever. That's how he was acting. That's how he was acting. One more text says, if I'd had my Druthers, I'd rather watch a prime rib cook than anything prime time. <laughs> man, I tell you what, I ain't never cooked a prime rib, but it's on my hit list. It is definitely on my hit list. What do y'all think, man? Does it matter to y'all? I mean, clearly it does because y'all were texting to me about it before I even said anything. 
Like, just, just enjoy the victory, man. Y'all were 1-11 last year. You've already equaled last year's win total. Got Nebraska coming up at home. You know, I think I don't see any reason why. So y'all play like you did this week that you won't beat Nebraska. Just, just keep, keep, keep. I don't want to say keep your blackness to yourself, but just don't make it about your blackness. You're bigger than that. You're Dion. You're Dion Sanders. You're national icon. National icon. Who? All right, let's take a break real quick. Come back. We got plenty more to talk about. Guns and Gear text line 769 241 1944. Phone line 601 879 0002. And I'll tell you what, we'll take a call real quick. John called in. Hey. Yep. John, call back. This is the Clay Edwards Show. All right, welcome back in to the Clay Edwards Show. This segment is going to be brought to you by our good friends over at. Gracie South Jiu-Jitsu and Kickboxing. And uh, we're going to talk about a story here very soon about, uh, about, about how you, why it's important to go to Gracie South Jiu-Jitsu and Kickboxing. But look, it's plain and simple. they got two great locations to serve you, one in Pearl, one in Madison. You can find them online, graciesouth.com. they got adult Jiu-Jitsu classes taught by Hoist Gracie Black Belt, and former South Jacksonian himself, Mr. Chance Shepard. They have children's jiu-jitsu classes. What a great way to keep teach your kids bully prevention and discipline. And if your daughter wears a romper to a Morgan Wallen concert, they could be the next romper stomper. We're going to get to that, I promise. They also have women's kickboxing classes. Also... So you can wear a romper and be the romper stomper at a Morgan Wallen concert. <laughs> There's a theme here today. They uh, Also, they have women's self-defense classes, a.k.a. romper stomper. Women is taught in a no-male intimidation atmosphere. Uh, learn how to defend yourselves. If you, uh, if you want to go check it out this week, the first week is free. Follow, it up with that, follow that by mentioning that you heard it on the show and you're going to get 20% off moving forward on all your expenses. That's right. So Gracie South, Jiu-Jitsu and Kickboxing. And, of course, they have women's self-defense classes, kickbox aerobics, basically, cardio kickboxing, adult Jiu-Jitsu, children's Jiu-Jitsu, and women's self-defense classes. So check them out. GracieSouth.com. Let's go to a call. Hey, John, thanks for calling back. Good morning. Uh, I listened to the Dion uh, interview, and... I did wonder, like, well, how was race interjected into this conversation? His blackness, I guess, as you would call it. And I said, well, what was he trying to say? I'm trying to figure out where was he going with this. And I guess I think he was angry at a reporter who had written some really negative stuff about uh, Dion taking over Colorado and what the prognostication would be or projection would be for how they would finish or, you know, the season. So I think he was a little angry, a little frustrated, and I think uh, that came that comment was made out of anger to some degree. But then again, I think that comment probably was made because if you look around college football, uh, there is an absence of African-American coaches. Uh, if you look at the SEC, 
the SEC has only had, I think, they had Sylvester Croom uh, was the first African American coach from 2004 to 2008. First yes, yes, I, I, I'm very familiar with the Sylvester Croom era. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we yeah, we barely, my fandom barely barely survived it. Yeah, but here's the thing: you had Jackie Sherrill before that, and he put the program on probation, and folks forgot that Jackie Sherrill. Uh, he put so Sylvester Croom inherited a team, I believe, on probation. If so we if, if we can win another SEC West title, I will gladly follow that up with probation. Yeah, you know. So I was like, yeah, but here's the thing: this is what I would tell you. That's what I think when you listen to Dion's comments. To some degree, there's some truth to it when he says you're not used to seeing it because on Saturday we don't see a lot of African-American head coaches in college football. We can look at the SEC, Big Ten. It's sprinkled here and there. And so to some degree, he may be trying to highlight that, hey, there may be a problem here. If I'm an anomaly, when 75% of players uh, that play college football or pros uh, African American players, uh, you you wonder like, well, where where's the mentoring or the coaching trees for the African American coaches? So you do think something might be there, might be something amiss here, and I think he does believe that there may be some degree of racism. Hey, let me ask. You look out there and you see that. Let me ask you this, and and and, yeah. I, and I, I'm being this is a dead serious conversation here. Yeah. Okay, so there are obviously there are a lot of white coaches. Do you think that's because you, you have more – and I do not know this, this is why I'm asking. Do you think that's because you have more white coaches that that work their way up through the system from high school to college to grad assistants yes. to, to position coaches, so on and so forth? So there's just, more, do, there's just more white candidates to choose from where – let me finish, let me finish the thought real quick. Hold I on. do believe that. Right. I do believe that. Okay. I do believe that, yes. And I have a, a theory – I have a theory on the lack of blackhead coaches because of yeah, that. But, here, here's but hold on, hold on. I'll let you finish. Let me finish. Um, I have a theory on it. A lot of these very successful blackhead coaches now are former athletes. We can agree yeah. on that? That's true. Okay. Do you think that could be because so many of these, these modern athletes made so much money while they were playing that they just don't have to get into coaching? You know, anybody that retired, I don't know, pre-2005 or 10, let's just say 2010. That would be 10, 13 years ago. They made so much more money than like what even a Dion made in his career that they just don't have to come back down and, and, and start at the bottom. Well, you know, I'll say if you look at the 13 years or say the salaries were so big, yeah, okay, but here's what I'm getting at. I don't think you have to be a former professional athlete to be a good coach. Me either, at, we, at all. Bill Belichick yeah, we, didn't yeah, play football. We can, yeah. yeah, you look at some of the best coaches, they were not professional athletes as, as coaches. And what I will tell you is – Most NBA coaches weren't never even played basketball, you know. Yeah, but, but what I will go back to is you have to look at the mentoring and believing that this guy has potential and, you rec- and the recommendations to, to get into college football. The boosters have to be okay with you hiring – you know, a black coach, you know, and you, you have to know your boosters. You have to know your market. And a lot of times, I'll give you the SEC prime example, you know, the boosters just were, he was one and he stayed four years, but the SEC, the boosters may not want it. They just don't, they, they don't feel comfortable with it. So until the boosters and alumni feel comfortable with more diversity in these coaching trees as head coaches, you won't see it because the boosters run the program. 
Let's just alumni and boosters. That's just it. So that's why you don't see it. So basically, these ads, they know what the boosters want. It's, it's a wink and a nod, but they know. Okay, yeah, we may interview and we'll meet the NCAA's guidelines for interviews, but the boosters don't want it. That's just the way it is. You know, that's the bottom line. You know, so I, so there is a problem. I mean, when you look out there, there's a problem. And it's, I would say it's systemic to some degree when you start to talk about the coaches because college football has been around a long time. And you've seen, you, you know, there are coaches out there, but, again, they don't even get the, the interview. So, again, it's back to boosters and money. So and if the boosters don't want it, do you, you, think, don't, you don't get Do you think that the best person should get the job regardless of their race? You know, and I always say this. I always believe the best person should get the job. And, and, and that's one thing I believe. But what I will say is opportunity. At least open the door and expand your horizons a little bit. Because if you're saying, well, okay, I only want uh, 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 Jimbo or I only want uh, Harbaugh or only, these are the only guys that I'm looking for. I'm only looking for Power 5 guys or I'm only looking for guys that are clearly established. But what about the guys that have done a good job in high school, junior college, uh, HBCU coaches? But, again, it comes down to the boosters, my friend. If the boosters don't want it, you know not to even entertain it. You can have an interview, but you know you better not hire them because the boosters don't want it. And if the boost is the boost. That's what money is, my friend. So there is a problem out there. I mean, so Dion, he's highlighted something. I don't, I don't know if he was doing that on purpose, but if you think about it, SEC's had one, one. Bo- booster, so, you know, boosters want winners. If there, if there's a, if there's a hot shot young black uh, defensive or offensive coordinator out there, mm-hmm. they're gonna get a shot. I mean, Kevin Samuels. Well, I, Kevin Samuels, yeah. is that his name? That uh, coached A and M, coached Johnny Manziel, and Mike Kevin yeah. Sumlin. Kevin Sumlin. Kevin Sumlin. Yeah. You know, and, and he, he he got he got a shot, and you know, just yeah. couldn't quite get over the hump, and got fired like everybody else does. You know, after yeah, four or yeah, five that's years. True. But but what he I'll got another shot. He didn't even back the coach. No, he's not. The, he went back to Houston, I think. And now you know, then they ended up going another direction. But I mean, yeah. he, he well, people, people get shots if you if you win if you get a Heisman quarterback uh, QB. Like it, look, here's the deal: if Dion wins ten games out there this year. Um. Well, I don't know. Schroeder's got what two years? However much eligibility Schroeder got left, that's how long Dion's going to be out there. Yeah, if he well, if he wins, because I don't think he's going to drag him across the country again to go to another school. But yeah, but I, that's what Dion. I think that's where I think he was. That's where I think he was going with that. Is it is on Sunday or Saturday? You look up there. There just there are just no African American head coaches. You know, sitting out there on Saturday or Sunday. So that's you a, do have to ask yourself. So so I got you on. Re- I got you on record saying it should be based on meritocracy. Yeah, big deal. Of course, of course. Okay. All right. Thanks. Have a good day, sir. But I'll say this, and I and I want I want to say this before I go. If you believe that everything's based on meritocracy, you have to think. Remember, women were not allowed to be officials at one time. So now you have female officials. See, that's the opportunity. That's called opening the door. That's that diversity thing that everybody cries about, that it's reverse racism or what have you. But gender equity is the same thing. That's diversity. That's bringing women into the programs to be coaches, to be kickers, to be whatever, you know. That's diversity. And if you have daughters, mothers, and wives, remember, the 19th Amendment was diversity. That was giving women the right to vote, giving them it. That's inclusion. So that's that diversity program we all like to talk about. We just like to think it's about race because it's a good political narrative. Well, that's what it's been bastardized into. Thanks, John. Have a great day.
Yeah, I wanted to make sure I got him on record there on meritocracy because if he didn't agree with that, I was going to say that we know we're going to have to we're going to have to even things up in the NBA. Too many black players. We're going to we're going to need a couple more. Eight. We got to have the perfect amount of black, perfect amount of Asian, perfect amount of white. Every NBA team should look like their community. <laughs> uh, in Houston, in Dallas, we're going to need a lot more Spaniards on these NBA teams. In Salt Lake City, they need to be all white, right? I'm being a bit facetious, but um, I, I don't know. I, th- let's not make it about race, Dion. That moral of the story, let's not make it about race. Let's read a couple of y'all's text messages. We got some breaking news from a... Uh, I'm down at the uh, UMC, too, or Baptist Hospital, I believe. Uh, Jerry says, female got a job in the NFL because she was female, not on merit. You know, the, the Sarah girl, the, the, the referee, she's good. I've, I've met her. Uh, she's good. Uh, Charlotte says, I'm not a football fan, but just in general, what happened to hiring the best qualified coaches? Leave race out of it, and it goes away. And that goes for any profession. Yep. Let's see here. David, this is a lot, brother. Oh, let's see here. What happened to act like you have already been there? You did not win because you were black, but his comments are not surprising to me. He does not know when to put the crap on the back burner. Why is it that Why is it the black people and black coaches do not feel they are not successful until they are at white schools or white companies, but in the same breath they are talking about how racist white people are. So the same theory. The white man the white man is, is colder. Why are you so concerned about coaching at school anyway? I, I don't know that I quite understand that one. Uh, I need to go back and read it. I mean look, there's there's tons of black kid coaches. At uh be uh predominantly black schools. You know, the HBCUs, I mean, there's blackhead coaches. There's good blackhead coaches at the HBCU level. And, and look, I ain't been a head coach. I, I, I rarely play sports, but I would just say this. If I, if I wanted to, if I wanted to work my way up, you know, a lot of these guys, they start off as these grad assistants, these basically hardly no paying jobs at these colleges. And they work their way through the system. You know, it's not a lot of, you know, it's kind of weird, man, what I gather from coaching. There's not a lot of guys that go coach high school football, and then then they take a, or let's just say they're a head coach at a high school. Then they take a position coach somewhere at a, at a small college. And then they work their way up to offensive or defensive coordinator, and then, and then head coach. It's not, it's not usually how it works. I mean, if you're in high school, they don't look at you like, a lot, of, a lot of high school coaches ain't made it to the next level. It's weird, at least to the best of my understanding. Let's take a break, come back, shift gears, discuss some breaking news down at uh, Baptist Hospital. There's been a murder-suicide. We'll take a dive into it. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back in here to the Clay Edwards Show. As we get ready to close out the first hour, uh, looks like there was some Breaking news down at the Baptist. I saw something this morning about Capitol Police involved in some kind of standoff or something or something or another. But it looks like one dead, one in critical condition after murder-suicide attempt inside inside the Baptist Medical Center. It says, Cap- this is on WLBT, by the way. Capitol Police are investigating an attempted murder-suicide incident at the Baptist Medical Center from around 2 a.m. Tuesday morning. 
An individual who was believed to be visiting a patient entered the hospital and shot the patient, then went into another, another room at the hospital and shot themselves. The shooter is dead, but the patient is in critical, is in critical but stable condition, according to, according to the Department of Public Safety. Is nowhere sacred anymore. Is nowhere sacred anymore. We got people pulling murder-suicide attempts in dang hospitals. Well, I want to know the story. We'll be back. This is the Clay Edwards Show. Hey, guys. Clay Edwards here. I want to tell you real quick about RC Lawn Care. My buddy Richard Coley is going to be the guy you need to contact for all of your lawn maintenance needs. You can reach him at 601-502-3529. They offer roof-to-curb service, blowing off the roof, gutter cleaning, basic lawn care, including mow trim, edge, and blow, full lawn cleanup, trash removal, garden supplies delivered, pine straw installs, driveway, and sidewalk pressure washing. If grass is growing, you need RC Lawn Care mowing. Again, 601-502-3529. Richard Coley at RC Lawn Care. Proud sponsor of the Clay Edwards Show podcast. All right, welcome back in. It's hour two of the Free Range Human Show of Choice, your daily dose of reality radio. This, my friends, is the Clay Edwards Show. I'm, of course, Clay Edwards. We're on 103.9 FM, WYAB. We're streaming worldwide at WYAB.com, as well as the TuneIn app. And Alexa, just search WYAB. If you miss any of this show, I podcast it every day. You can just go to wherever you download music, listen to books, stream podcasts, download podcasts. It's everywhere. Just search Clay Edwards Show. We're also on X, a.k.a. Twitter. Follow me there at SaveJXN. At SaveJXN. Uh, we'd love to keep the conversation going there. I'm going to start doing a, I don't know if I want to call it a full live show, but I'm going to start doing a show a live show there uh, on occasion. I don't know if it's something for 15 minutes every day or an hour every night. I'm going to figure something out. Uh, We're going to get big into live content now that i got some free time and see where it takes us. Of course, back in YouTube jail again for a video from a year and a half ago. I I feel like my time on YouTube is limited. When When my channel gets deleted, I will not be starting another one. I've got my backup page. You can just go find both of them. One of them Save Jackson. One of them's Clay Edwards. Just a one, one says Clay Edwards Show. One says Clay Edwards. Just subscribe to both of them, and you'll get my, in theory, you'll get my videos. We're going to fight the good fight while we can, but I, I think I think we're in the we're in the last days of YouTube. I'm, I'm on uh, Rumble as well. So just, I, I'm everywhere. I, I, cross, I cross-pollinate all the sites with my stuff. Just if you ain't one place, I'll find you. If you're there, I'll find you. <laughs> anyway, hey, real quick, quick reminder. Guys, I am raising money this year for the Real Men Wear Pink campaign. And if you're interested in donating, please get with me and I'll shoot you the link to donate to my campaign. It all goes straight through the American Cancer Society. I don't uh, I don't get a penny of it. I don't touch a penny of it. It's 100% paid to them. It just shows in my account that I accomplished or I'm working towards my goal. We hadn't been we hadn't been pushing it like we need to, so if you uh, if you got it in your hearts to uh, help battle breast cancer, look, it's no secret Clay loves the tatas. Let's save them. I do. I I love the tatas, and I know most of y'all do too. Uh, we we've all lost somebody due to one form of cancer or another 
you know, throughout our lives. So let's try to end cancer forever with the American Cancer Society and their Real Men Wear Pink campaign. Of course, now it's just called Men Wear Pink. I guess the word real was offensive. Not to me. I'm still doing it. I'm still calling it Real Men Wear Pink. So if you're interested in donating, shoot me a text, 769-241-1944. I'll send you the link to donate. All right, so something that went extremely viral last week, but, you know, as you kind of go into a three-day weekend, things can lose momentum. And, you know, by the time you get to Tuesday, and people are outdoors doing stuff, you forget it even happened. So I want to remind y'all of the Porta Potty Brawl at the Morgan Wallen concert in Pittsburgh. And the queen that we didn't know we needed, the hero that we didn't know we needed, that was birthed from the Porta Potty Brawl, aka Romper Stomper. Maybe you've seen the video, maybe you haven't. It's uh, it's all over the interwebs. Bunch of women standing out in front of some red porta potties. They start fighting, and then this blonde romper stomper. She's called a romper stomper because she's wearing a one piece romper and she's doing some stomping. I mean, she was like the stone cold Steve Austin of romper stomper wearers. Walk. Walking mud holes and kicking them dry or something like that. Anyway, it's phenomenal. And then kind of find out the woman that she's defending was her mother. So apparently Romper Stomper had broke in line, un- unknowingly, allegedly, broke in line and gone into a porta potty. Well, her mom was guarding the porta potty because she, the girl was wearing a one piece romper. So if somebody had walked in, you know, it'd have been pretty bad because I'm guessing the only the way you the way you had to do a romper is you basically have to get butt naked to use the bathroom. You have to take it off from the, the top down, not not bottom up. You know. Anyway, you get the point. It would have been bad if somebody had opened the door. So Mama was guarding the door. Well, while Mama's guarding the door, yeah. Thank you, Joe. Joe said stomping mud holes and walking them dry. I I, I was just all tied up on that one this morning. Romper Stomper was stomping mud holes and walking them dry. Thank you, Joe, on the Guns and Gear text line. So while Mama's guarding the door, the girl that she bit butt in line tries to fight Mama. Now keep in mind, Mama's younger than me. Mama probably ain't 40 years old. The daughter ain't between, Romper Stomper ain't but 21. Man, Romper Stomper comes in out there. Somebody's recording this confrontation. And out of nowhere, Romper Stomper comes in. She's laying haymakers. She done got one girl by the hair and snatched her out the porta potty. Just dropping bombs like Hiroshima. Stinging them like bees. And then somewhere, bro, she hit that Street Fighter Huroga kick. Man, I'm talking about WWE, AEW, signed the Dana White, where you at? We got the new Ronda Rousey. Ladies, did you like what you saw in that video? Do you want to be Romper Stomper? Get out to Gracie South Jiu-Jitsu and Kickboxing. See, I told you I was going to pull all this together. I was going to pull all this together. You can be the next romper stomper if somebody's picking on your mama at Gracie South Jiu-Jitsu and Kickboxing. To me, this is the greatest video that I've seen in a long time. And the fact that it happened at a porta potty at a Morgan Wallen concert makes it 100 times better. Makes it 100 times better. And come to find out, I'm looking on outkick.com here. It says it looks like uh, the girl's name is Delaney D. Sabato. 
I'm hoping I'm saying that right. She's a 21-year-old nursing student. And uh, it looks like she is not quite ready to step out of the, to step out of the limelight. Uh, Playboy has reached out and asked her to jump into the mix and sent them an invite, sent her an invite to join their exclusive content platform, which she did. So she's uh, and based on her Instagram photos, she's been training for this day for a long time. I mean, every other picture is a scantily clad bikini. So you love to see it. You love to see it. Hashtag good guys win again. Somebody messing with my mama. Be the same outcome. I ain't gonna see me in a romper. But uh good stuff nonetheless. Romper stomper. They've already I mean, uh costume city. What are those uh hold on. I got the best meme ever. Um <laughs> Spirit Halloween. It's gonna be the costume of the year. They apparently they're already offering it online. It's called the Romper Stomper. It includes Romper, Stomper, Romper. Ninja skills not included. <laughs> I sent that to my girlfriend yesterday. I said, I got your Halloween costume. Like 15 minutes went by. She takes what? I waited another nine minutes just to be a jerk and reply with the picture. Romper Stomper. I'm kidding about that. Anyway, good stuff there. Every now and then we need a, the world needs a hero. Somebody we can all get behind. And uh, this week, it's the new Queen Bay. It's Romper Stomper in Pittsburgh at the Morgan Wallen concert. And that's funny about the Morgan Wallen concert part of this is so, y'all know, we went and saw Morgan Wallen in Oxford. We were at the show that didn't get canceled, mind you. And I had the smallest bladder in the world. And uh, apparently so does my girlfriend. So anyway, about every half beer, granted they were 24-ounce beers, I needed to use the bathroom. Bad. And... Ole Miss, the stadium ain't built for that many people. And their bathrooms ain't built to handle that many people. When you include all the people on the ground and stuff, the women's bathroom situation was an absolute debacle. And it's something we still talk about to this day is how long uh, she had to wait in line to use the restroom at the Morgan Wallen concert. So I understand these women's frustrations here. And it would have behooved... Vault Hemingway to have had some porta potties lined up like they did here. Let's read some of your texts on the Guns and Gear text line. Tyler says, Romper Stomper has me rolling in my truck this morning. LOL. Hey, look, man, every now and then we got to have, have a good time, too, right? Every now and then we got to have fun. Um, all right, I'll, that's not necessarily related to that. I'll get back to that. Let's see here. Let's look on the text line. I mean, I'm serious. And I know I'm kind of jokingly tie that back into Gracie South, but I'm being serious at the same time. You know what's crazy, too? Romper Stomper said that's the first fight she's ever been in. Bro, if I was a betting man, I'd have put 100 on fifth, sixth fight at minimum. And she at minimum, she trains Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Or, or well, actually, probably not jiu-jitsu necessarily. She's more of a striker. Kickboxing? She does kickbox aerobics at minimum. They offer that at Gracie South, by the way. <laughs> Corey, Corey says, didn't Sean wear a romper in NOLA this weekend? We're going we're gonna to save Sean's uh, New Orleans antics till tomorrow's show, and we're going to have a discussion with Sean about uh, his weekend in NOLA. Uh, 
<clears throat> Robert, uh, Robbie says, don't forget, Mama slammed that girl at the end. That's right, Mama did. Body slam old girl at the end. Let's see. <laughs> Unknown texture says, dudes in the Grove have been wearing rompers for years. <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired. Hell State. Oh, man. Uh, circling back around to a, I hate to mix in, I hate to weave in and out of serious topics, but uh, Woodrow said, Cancer is a money machine. I was to interview with a major company in 1980 when my when they discovered mono, monoclonal antibody therapy, but the medical money makers, i.e., doctors and diagnostic medical equipment manufacturers, prevented that. It's all about the dollar. Yeah, man, I've been saying for years, and of course, I'm sure I heard it from somebody else, and it's a phrase that I've used to describe what's going on in Jackson the same way. The money ain't in the cure; the money is in the medicine. You know, it's like if we save Jackson. It would cut off a lot of the, the government funds that are constantly being sent here to fix Jackson. They don't want that. <laughs> if you, there's only there's only one payment when you when you cure something. There's a lifetime of payments when you have to keep keep someone on medicine. And that's actually going to be our next topic going into the next uh, when we come back from this next break. I watched. I finished up the documentary or docu series or uh, the, the remake, however you want to word it. Uh, Painkiller. We're going to be we're shifting a lot of subjects today. A lot of things I want to talk about. Uh, Painkiller is about. It's on Netflix. It's about Purdue Pharma and OxyContin. And, and I think I, I I'm just I'm going to guess y'all aren't going to like my opinion on this. Y'all are not going to, y'all probably aren't going to agree with me on it. I'll be surprised if you do. Let's go ahead and take a break, come back, and let's talk about painkiller. Whose fault was OxyContin? Who is really to blame for OxyContin? Was it OxyContin? Was it Purdue Pharma? Was it the doctors? Or was it the federal government who approved it? Let's talk about it. We'll be right back on the Clay Edwards Show. Hi, welcome back in to the Clay Edwards Show. This segment is going to be brought to you by our good friends over at A1 Gear and Auto. Get over to A1 Gear and Auto today for all of your automotive repair needs. Located right there on 49 South in Florence, Mississippi. Whether you got a check engine light on, brakes not brakes are squeaking, air not blowing cold, whatever the case may be, it's a good chance A1 Gear and Auto can knock it right out for you. But they really specialize in what they've been the leader in the industry here locally and for 15 plus years is your ring and pinion. And I tell you all, all the time, you know, you may be like, well, ain't nothing wrong with my ring and pinion, Clay. It's just fine. It ain't roaring. I don't feel like there's any slack back there. But hey, have you put some brand new big wheels and tires on your new Jeep with them rubber duckies on the dash? Have you gone and jacked up or squatted your new truck, put them big wheels and tires on it? You need to get your ring and pinion uh, upgraded to offset the power you're losing from those new big wheels and tires on that new Jeep, truck, etc. And they can take care of all that for you right there at A1 Gear and Auto. Your four-wheel drive not working? Swing by A1 Gear and Auto. Let them check it out, see what's going on. About to be hunting season. I know it's hard to think about it. It's 90 degrees outside, close to 100. It's going to be hunting season before long. Don't be the guy whose four-wheel drive don't work. Get it on over there to A1 Gear and Auto today. And let them take care of it. Like I said, uh, no less than three times in the last 30 days, I've had a vehicle over there getting something done for one kid or another. Uh, got something of my own I got to get worked on, too. 
So that's who, that's who I trust for my family, my kids, my parents. So get over there. You can use them too. A1 gear and auto right there on Highway 49 in Florence, Mississippi. If you're going south, they're on the right. Big white building, big red sign. All right. Um, so I watched, it's taken me two weeks, but I finally finished it up over the weekend after falling asleep watching it Friday night. I wasn't asleep. I was just resting my eyes. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a new series on Netflix called Painkiller, and it came highly recommended by a bunch of you guys actually. And it's about Purdue Pharma and how they got OxyContin to market in America, and how they marketed OxyContin in America to doctors, etc. They use hot chicks to coerce doctors. I mean, that's, that's what the documentary would have you believe. That's the only way they were able to do this is with hot chicks talking doctors into writing opioids. You know, look, all that aside, and then I watched some YouTube videos last night with one of their former salesmen of the year who was not a hot chick. He was a male who's now uh, a daily user of OxyContin-type medicine. I don't know if they still even make OxyContin, but of... Uh, he takes, you know, daily pain medicine, opioids. He's not an addict. You know, he's, he does it for legit pain management. Like the overwhelming majority of people who are on opioids that don't abuse them. I, you know, I don't know what the numbers are. I guess I could should have Googled that during the break. I think it's only, it's, it's, a, it's a small percentage of the people who are actually addicts that take opioids. Now, you may be addicted, but if you're not abusing your prescription, I don't know if that would necessarily mean you were an addict. To me, my idea of an addict is somebody who takes it nonstop, doesn't have any discipline, and does more than what they're supposed to take. Takes more than what they're supposed to take. If you get 90 a month, that's three a day, and you're out here taking six a day, well, you're an addict. Anyway, <clears throat> of course... There were tons of hearings and all on all on all this. This is re- relatively recent history, so a lot of you guys should remember this. But long story short, they reached a settlement where I think they pay six billion dollars. Let's see here. Is that the 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 bankruptcy settlements actually be in question? But it's uh, Purdue's owner Purdue's owners under the settlement would receive immunity in exchange for paying six billion. To settle thousands of lawsuits filed by states, hospitals, people who became addicted, and others who have sued the Stanford, Connecticut-based company over its misleading marketing of the powerful pain medication, OxyContin. Well, the Biden administration has paused its its bankruptcy request. Well, I said, I'm sorry. The U.S. Supreme Court halts Purdue Pharma's bankruptcy settlement pending a review at the request of the Biden administration. I don't know how I feel about this. I'm just going to be honest. I'm conflicted. We Obviously, there was an opioid epidemic. We had a real opioid problem. Now we have a much larger problem with fentanyl. And uh, I, I think Trump's attack on opioids, while I thought it came, I thought it was, it came from, it was well-intentioned, but the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Now you've created the black market gone black market. Now you've created a black market with fentanyl because you made it impossible for people to get pain medicine from their doctors. 
as far as the OxyContin thing goes, uh, was Purdue Foreman in the wrong? I, I get, yeah, yeah. I mean, they obviously, you know, if you if you believe the documentary, word for word, they're obviously evil, rich white men. <laughs> that aside, they bought off the FDA basically. And then the government settled a weak case with them. I mean, the government had a strong case against them, and they made a settlement. They really made nobody happy but the Purdue Pharma folks. And they honestly, had Purdue not been so hard-headed, they could have got out of it a lot cheaper early on. But the day it went to court, they came up with a settlement at the trial date, on day one of the trial. Um, I think the government is just as responsible for the opioid epidemic as Purdue. I think the doctors are just as responsible. If I, I honestly, I'm gonna put this one on the on, on, on the on the medical community's doorstep. After watching this, if I'm to believe everything that that documentary laid out, at the end of the day, the doctors could have still said no. They didn't, you know, they started writing stronger and stronger and stronger. And there were some smart doctors that knew that not to do this stuff. And look, and I'm telling you, this is a guy who I, I never took an Oxycontin in my life, but I had my fair share of a, uh, I was prescribed, you know, painkillers for a long time because of my back. And finally, just one day, I just remember sitting in the doctor's office and I was looking around. I've told this story and doing, I do my testimonial Tuesday shows here and there. I just remember sitting around the doctor's office after three, four years of taking 90, Norco's a month from a I was in a wreck and I have a bulge disc I just remember sitting around I was doing this little chart a bunch of smiley faces on it to, or, or frown faces to distinguish your levels of pain and I was just looking around at all these decrepit sickly looking people I, mean, I hate to sound rude like that but it just is what it is and I said to myself I'm not I'm not this 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 ain't me I'm not decrepit I'm not sick I just, uh, I'm just on my feet eight, nine, ten hours a day selling cars, walking up and down an asphalt parking lot, and my back hurts. There's got to be another way. There's got to be another way. And that was it. I quit. I, 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 I walked out. I just, I put the, I quit circling smiley faces or frowny faces, trying to pretend it hurt more than it did, or you know, so they wouldn't mess up my prescription. Or God forbid, you know, you're always like, oh, you know, I, I, I need, I need them to think it works enough. But I don't want them to think that it's not working. Uh, what do I do? You know, it's like, oh, it's seven, <laughs> six, seven, eight. I don't want to be like 10. I don't want to be like it's under five. It's ridiculous. It's just a pill mill is what these a lot of these pain management clinics were doing. And um, that was actually prior to Trump taking office and, and kind of starting the war on opioids. When I quit, but I sit back there and watch when Trump decided to go at war with the opioids and make it impossible for doctors to get them, to write them for the ones that actually had legitimate patients in need. I was like, there's going to be a, there's going to be a unintended law of unintended consequences is going to come into play here. And that's exactly what's happened with fentanyl. And I'm getting a little off subject. If we're just strictly talking about oxycontin and what oxycontin did to so many people 
who who do I think is at at, at fault? I, I I think it's equal. I think the government played a big hand in it. The FDA. Because of the one guy that they couldn't get around, they finally just gave a job to. I think Purdue Pharma, obviously. And I believe the doctors. I don't think I, the, 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 the girls or the salespeople that work for Purdue, they were just doing their job. I, 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 the selling, the making money, it is what it is. I try not to hold them in, a, hold them in contempt. The woman, I uh, can't forget her name, black lady, that kind of busted this whole thing open, she, she started doing it because her brother had been arrested for being a crack dealer and was spending the rest of his life in prison. And how she pieced this whole thing together was looking at the surging deaths, the crime, and all of these things. And she was able to piece this puzzle together that in these areas, it looked just like the exact rise in crime and murder and deaths and overdoses when crack cocaine hit the streets. And she was able to tie the two together and make a big enough fuss, but they, she, they still weren't breaking the law, so they couldn't do anything. But apparently the Purdue Pharma guys got subpoenaed by Congress or Senate or one of them to testify, and they lied about how soon they actually knew that it was causing addiction and deaths. They, they claimed it was a certain date released up in, I want to say, uh, Delaware or Massachusetts, anyway, somewhere. And it, they ended up with records showing that they knew long before that. So they got them, the way this whole thing kicked wide open is, they got them for lying to Congress. So, word to the wise, you ever get subpoenaed, don't lie. <laughs> don't lie. It costs you a lot of money. All right, let's shift gears. Let's shift gears, and we're going to take a break real quick, come back. We've got a few more topics I want to hit today. This is the Clay Edwards Show. We'll be right back on 103.9 FM, WYAB. All right, welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show here on 103.9 FM, WYAB. This segment is going to be brought to you by our friends over at Guns in Gear. Man, we appreciate them sponsoring the text line here on the show. They just had their big 7th anniversary sale this past weekend out there on Highway 51 North in Gluckstadt. Hope you got out there. Took advantage of one of their great deals. I'm on their Facebook page now. Let's see here. Yesterday, they posted Happy Labor Day. Uh, some of their more recent deals of the day, going back over the weekend, Will be, let's see here, your trusty old semi-automatic shotgun let you down this morning. Come check this one out. We're open here, 5 p.m. They'll be back at it Tuesday. Open today at 10 a.m., by the way. All right, they got a TriStar Raptor 12-gauge synthetic 28-inch barrel black. It is 469. That is a sharp-looking gun, too. Um, They got a Winchester SXP Black Shadow 12-gauge 28-inch barrel. Looks like, I'm sure I got that right. Three fifty nine ninety nine. Guys, be sure to check them out for all your gunsmithing needs, Cerakoting needs. They're the home and no limit ammo. Of course, they've got guns. 
It's what they do. It's called Guns and Gear. They got the guns. They also buy used guns. So get over there. You're in the market to sell yours. You want to trade yours in on something. You know, got one that you uh, wasn't quite what you thought it would be, or you've had your fun with it. It's kind of going to the next one. That's kind of how I am with guns. Like, all right, I've had my fun with this one. Let me try something else I've been wanting. Um, anyway, they'll buy it from you. No sense in going to a pawn shop. Go to Guns and Gear, located on 51 North in Gluckstadt, right there at Yandel Road. Shop them online, gunsandgearms.com. They're also on Facebook at Guns and Gear. Don't miss out on their deals of the day. They're posting them all the time right there on social media. You're, you're losing money. You're paying too much if you're not following Guns and Gear on Facebook. All right, so I'm going to tie a couple stories in here together on something, and I'm going to answer a question some of you have asked. <clears throat> I was um. I was, I read a lot of, during football season, I read a lot of sports sites and stuff too. I'm a big fan of outkick.com. And I stumbled on something, and that's Clay Travis. So it kind of ties in politics and sports and whatnot. Anyway, so I stumbled across a story that, um, former Mississippi State great and current high, I mean, high, Kansas City Chiefs superstar defensive player Chris Jones might miss the first game over a contractual holdout. Man, how my mind has changed about this topic over the years. I used to be all about greedy, selfish players. Selfish players. How dare they do that to them fans? Now I'm like, get your money, boo-boo. Get your money. Hold out as long as you got to. These folks ain't loyal. Everybody demands loyalty. And I tell y'all all the time, I've been telling y'all this for years. The only person you need to be loyal to is yourself. And, I mean, obviously, your immediate family, your your spouse, your children. That's a different kind of loyalty. That's a ride-or-die loyalty with them. You know, but these, these employers, they scream, loyal, be loyal. You know, we're going to build a team. Great team, teamwork, going to be loyalty, the dream team. But they'll cut your butt or fire your butt in a second if they think they can upgrade for a smidgen more money or if they think they can save a penny on someone that they perceive as equal or just a little less valuable than you. Tell you, if you had a job today that you don't like, and you know you're worth more. Pursue other opportunities. See what's out there in the world. Now, if you love your job and you're content with the pay and all that, stay your butt down. Stay your butt in your seat. But if you know you're not happy and somebody offers you good money for another job, whether it's 25 cents more an hour, $10 more an hour, $1,000 more a week, whatever the number is, everybody's number's different. Be loyal to yourself. Because I can assure you, if that employer thought they could replace you without losing a whole lot of a whole lot of value, losing a whole lot of skill, they would if they could if they thought it could save them twenty five cents an hour, a dollar an hour, ten dollars a day, hundred dollars a day, thousand dollars a week, whatever that number is. 
your boat would be gone. Just be mindful of that. Some of y'all would ask, why ain't I, what happened at Ellis? I ain't going to get into the, the, the nuts and bolts of all of it. I ain't there no more. I was loyal when I shouldn't have been. Got, got offered a job six months ago I should have took. I didn't. I stayed. I st- overstayed my welcome. We'll just say that. So, ain't got nothing bad to say. Ain't got it. Well, I do, but I ain't going to. So, that's why I'm not there. Be loyal to yourself and nobody else. Hey, I'm nothing but honest with y'all. I don't, I don't get up here. I don't play. This ain't a character. You know, life happens. Real life happens. And every now and then, uh, that includes uh, conflicts. With that said, you know, we've got the number one morning talk show here in the, here in the area. We've got one of the most downloaded podcasts in the state of Mississippi. And I believe, to the best of my knowledge, and, and I haven't checked the numbers lately, I believe it's the number one political podcast, if that's what you want to call this, news, politics, whatever, the number one in the state that's produced here in the state. So that's pretty cool. I say all that to say this. We would love to have you on the Clay Edwards show as an advertiser. I mean, we got we, we get them, they come, they go. Uh, some people do it in rotation. They'll spend a little money here, then they'll go spend a little money there, then they come back here. And we get some that have been on here since day one. And some that have stuck, been, been on here for a long time. It obviously works. We have a very captive audience here on the Clay Edwards Show. I mean, very dedicated listenership. Heck, we had a replay running yesterday on Labor Day, and you guys were texting the Guns and Gear text line <laughs> about the topics we were talking about. So I do appreciate that. You know, we don't take many days off around here. I like to get up and work. I pride myself in that. You know, I pride my work. My work ethic is something I take very serious. That's something I can control. It's my effort. Um, and so that's something we take a lot of pride in. <clears throat> you know, if you want to advertise, we'd love to have you as a partner on this show. I'd love to have you on Kim Wade's show. I'd love to have you on Jameson's show. I'd love to get you on Allison's show. We got all kind of different stuff. We got Mike Madison still. We got some great national stuff. You know, if you want to get your business in front of a, you know, I find it funny. Like people act like there's like this, there's like, there's this, how do I say it? Kind of this, this negativity around advertising on conservative talk because somehow they they think being, being conservative, traditional, somehow that's controversial. Uh, It may, it may be, but it's also very rewarding for your businesses when you advertise to a conservative talk radio crowd. They work. This is blue-collar folks that spend money. They spend it in their communities. They'll spend it with you. And we got people who go out of their way to make sure they only support WYAB listeners and WYAB uh, advertisers when they can. I know I do. If we had a grocery store, a locally owned grocery store, I'd support it every every day. You know, I, there's there's three locally owned ones in in the Brandon area. I go down to Fairway Foods in Pillahatchie. I go to Ramey's right there in downtown, and I go to um, oh gosh, why can't I ever remember the name of it? Across from Vans, right there across from Vans. Anyway, it'll come to me in a minute. If you're listening, you text it, and you know it. Send it to me. I went there yesterday. I was walking out. 
met a couple. They're like, "Hey, are you are you Clay?" I'm like, "I am." And they said they listen to the show every day. And I do want to thank them I, when I when I'm and I do want to apologize too if I wasn't 100 percent on. Let me see here. I think somebody texted it to me. No, not yet. Um, I do want to apologize to them if they uh if they didn't get the best of me. I just found out my friend's dad, uh, Doug Shanks, had passed away. So I was reconciling that in my brain. I saw that right before I walked into the store. So I was, it was Allen's Grocery Store. Thank you, Wild Bill. Allen's, Allen's Supermarket. You know, so if, if I wasn't 100%, if I seemed a little off, I was just uh, processing my, my friend's father's death. So I do apologize. <clears throat> but thank you all for listening to the show every day. And thank you for the compliment. That was funny. I like that. Much love, but more to the story. I, you know, I would love to have a, a local grocery store on here. I think what what we could bring to a local grocery store with this audience would be phenomenal. So, if you manage a local grocery store and you would like to see the benefits of the WYAB audience supporting you, of the Clay Edwards Show audience supporting you, reach out to me, Clay at WYAB dot com. If you run any business out there and you're thinking about advertising. Man, talk radio is where it's at. Talk radio is where it's at. I don't know if people still listen to music radio, but I know they listen to talk radio. I can look at the numbers. It's like live sports. It's the one thing people tune in live for. They they obviously tune into the podcast as well with over 10,000 downloads a week. So that don't even include all the social media stuff that we do. All right, let's take a break real quick. Come back, land the plane for the day. This is the Clay Edwards Show. On 103.9 FM, WYAB. All right, welcome back in here as we get ready to land this plane known as the Clay Edwards Show for the day. Hey guys, I appreciate y'all already sending in some messages messages and emails asking about advertising. Man, if you know a business owner that would be interested in advertising with us, let us know. I'm going to be doing this full time. I'm going to try my best to do this full time. And that just means that I got to sell more radio ads to do it. If I can do that, I can focus more on the content, more content creation, better shows, better interviews. We all win. If I get, the more I get to focus on this, the better it gets as, as life goes. Right. Uh, I appreciate everybody. I did get a text. uh, I want to close out the show with here that slightly disagreed with me on the, uh, my thing about being loyal to employers says, I somewhat disagree about employer loyalty. I think we best represent God to others when we find within ourselves to do the right thing, even when someone else doesn't. Jesus stayed true to who he was, even when he was being led to the cross. Sometimes being a willing victim for the sake of staying true to our character is the best day, is the best way God has for us at the time. I I get it. And all that sounds great. But. You know, I'm not going to don't be blindly loyal to people, folks, except God. Other than God, don't be blindly loyal to people. Uh, They're not going to be loyal to you. And in the end, they're not going to be loyal to you. And that's fine. I mean, everybody that's life in the big city. Everybody's going to do what's best for them. I'm going to do what's best for me. You know what I mean? So do what's best for you. And um, there's just times where you look back and you're like, oh, should have took a left when I took a right. But that's all right, too. All right, man, coming up next, we've got Grow Your Know, brought to you by Kelly's Green. I'll be back here tomorrow with Sean Yorkeron. 
I want to talk about the Florida Nazis supporting Joe Biden tomorrow. We, uh, I need Sean's intake on this. And uh, Sean ended up in New Orleans over the weekend. I want to hear about that. It was Decadence Festival. How did he end up there for Decadence? I got questions. Tomorrow we'll get answers. This is the Clay Edwards Show. Peace. Thanks for listening. Tune in tomorrow at 7 a.m. as the Clay Edwards Show discusses all that is going on in and around the city of Jackson. This concludes our broadcast day. Right here on 103.9 WYAB.